say home is where the heart is. So I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to another episode of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Hi, Chris. The audio sucked last episode and we're trying to work through it. For some reason, we're finding that Kyle's voice sounds fine on the mic and mine, for some reason, does not. Kyle, care to explain? Yeah, I've got this nice natural baritone quality. It's deep and bassy, and, and your voice just sounds like you're outside of the room no matter what. Just a whiny bitch. <laughs> Even when I... I do kind of sound like I'm... A whiny bitch? Maybe. Like, uh, I got some bass to the voice. It's yeah, not it's just, awful. It's not terrible. You just never hope to achieve the level of bass that I have. Well, you have a strict regimen. A um, couple gallons of cum to the back of the throat a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh cough drops and tea with honey is that correct yeah yeah all of that's correct the, the tea with the honey really helps a lot with the base yes yes um so if you're watching on youtube it looks like i'm leaning over to kiss kyle it's just because i'm looking over at the mic also if you're on youtube kyle his says mr right and mine says mrs always right our coffee cups yes these aren't actually mine and kyle's these are mine and my wife's they were a gift yeah man your house has too much of this nonsense for someone who's 30 years old. How old are you? 31. Yeah, it's just you're too young for this level of awfulness. I feel like that's what white people do when they get married. They just become very typical. I just felt like it happened later. I don't know why. I just felt like, like I just, again, I feel like you're too young for Mr. Right and Mrs. Always Right coffee cups. But do you think it's because when you were younger... You know, you look at someone that's older and think, wow, they're really old. But really, they're just our age. Could be. Yeah. So I think I might be right on. And look at that. <laughs> you see that sign right there? Man cave. No wife, no kids, no problem. Dude, I can't handle <laughs> this shit. What? Why do you have this? I love that. I didn't agree with it. You wanted me to put it above you. Why does she like this stuff? She's a white woman. You have live, laugh, love too, don't you? No, 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 no. No, where is it? No I, remember it. I remember it. I remember it. I made There's fun no of it. There's no way. No? I wouldn't, I wouldn't Am it. I remembering somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. I also have no filter for this stuff, too. So w whenever I see it, I just react. Like, I can't pretend this is okay. That's not okay. No, that's not okay. It's from the Christmas tree shop, isn't it? Probably. Is. Probably. Yeah, I have a feeling she's a Christmas tree it's disgusting. shop. disgusting. Yeah. Oh. You used to sell this stuff. Yeah, not proudly. All of a sudden, you're a reformed man. I also, this has like a weird space between the P and the R. Yeah, that's just poor design. Yeah. No proper... Printing press, I should say, because the P looks like shit. Yeah. But yeah, we do apologize for the audio last time. We didn't do any tests. This time we tested it a bunch. So if it still sucks, at least we tried. But last time we really kind of dropped the ball with being prepared. Yeah, we were just like, yeah, it should be fine. Let's just go. You know, ever since Jake left us, it's been, it's been tough. It's been fine. Basically. Yeah. But Jake, if you're still listening, we still think about you from time to time. Sure. Especially at night. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so, Kyle, you've been back for like a week, two weeks now. How's everything going? Are you being harassed? How are you dealing with the harassment? Um, is there anything that you didn't expect to happen or feel that you're feeling or is happening? Maybe? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, I don't get harassed a lot, but I, I just feel it's, it's my own issue, but I always just feel like I'm not doing enough to see people even if it's just my family I I, I just have this self-imposed 
feeling of responsibility that I need to hang out with people all the time, even though, I mean, you understand this, you were talking about this last time, like, I really like my alone time. So for some reason, I'm not really allowing myself to enjoy my alone time here. I feel like I feel like my alone time is somehow taking something away from somebody else. It's really egotistical. I was going to say, yeah, uh, it's so egotistical. I'm like super important and I'm never here. So exactly. How dare I keep people? Yeah. From seeing me. That That's that's basically what it is. No, that makes sense, though. I don't think it's an ego thing as much as it sounds like one. I think it's just kind of a, you know, you feel a little guilty because you think you should be wanting to see them. It's that, but it's also like, so yesterday was a good example. Um, Made plans with my sister and my mom was making dinner. And I had told my mom I was going to be around for dinner, but then the plans with my sister moved up. Anyway, I had to tell my mom, hey, I'm not going to be here for dinner. In my head, I was scared to tell my mom this. I'm like, oh, this is a bad thing I'm doing. I'm canceling on dinner. But my mom just said, okay, no problem. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, she was making dinner that night regardless. Yeah, it was a bigger deal in my head. And I think that's what's going on pretty much every time with everybody, my family or friends. I, I think I'm making it a bigger deal in my own mind. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough situation to navigate. I've never been so sought out after. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't really relate. Sure. Not many people can. Well, no, you, I mean, you left your hometown and went to the other side of the globe. So when you get back, I can understand it's a big responsibility. I think that's what it is too maybe there's some um maybe there's some deep-seated guilt for leaving yeah i think about that sometimes like i don't like my in-laws like they moved away from their family but close enough where they can just drive and visit because mm. it's one of those things where you know you love your family but if they're on top of you all the time you pull your goddamn hair up so they moved like just far enough away where it's just a couple hours to get there you're kind of in a boat where it's a whole fucking ordeal if you want to come see your family. It's a, you got to fly 24 hours to get there. Yeah. And that can't be cheap. Nope. That can't be cheap at all. No, uh, the cheapest I've ever paid was a round trip ticket for like 600, but that was super cheap. That's unbelievably cheap. Usually, well, this time it was a one-way ticket for about the same, like 600. Still not as bad as I thought, hmm. but yeah, it's like a whole ordeal. So it's, um, do you think you might regret it later on in life? Like not being close to, we're going way deeper than I thought we would not being close to friends and family. Like obviously you have your friends and family out there, well, family, I put in quotation marks because yeah, I don't know. But do you think that's something you might regret later? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a deep cut there. I have that too, like with my parents. Like maybe I should try to fix or help. And I'll regret that I didn't try harder later. But I feel like it's, you don't want to dwell on something like that. Like you got to live your life and not, I don't know. Well, do you think you will? Regret it? Yeah. Probably. I feel like that's a natural stage of the grieving process. Like I should have done more. Everyone will say that. That's an interesting thing, though. Can you actually regret something if you're aware of it ahead of time and you still don't do it <laughs> or you still do it? You know what I mean? Maybe that'll make me hate myself more because I'm very aware that I maybe I could do more. Yeah, but I'm not. So maybe it's you piece of shit. You wanted to play FIFA instead. <laughs> like, so I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Damn.
we didn't really have much to talk about. Now we're just cutting right down to the roots. Yeah, well, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but that is something I, I have felt ever since I left the United States, and I do bring it up once in a while with my parents. I don't, not not every time I see them, but I'll, I'll just make a comment like, oh, yeah, I feel a little guilty for for going, leaving the United States. And, and they'll always just say, well, you know, do what makes you happy. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about it and still see them, but it's still there, that feeling. So when you're you're over there, do you have like regularly scheduled calls with people or like FaceTimes you do to talk and check up? Because I feel like that might help ease that, you know, guilty feeling. Mm. Because, you know, we're in a virtual world now. We're going to be in the metaverse soon anyway. So I think having like week, bi-weekly, monthly, even quarterly FaceTime calls to catch up and just hang out for a bit. That stuff definitely helps. Yeah, I started doing that with my mom fairly recently when I was over there. And uh, yeah, that helped. I think we both. Got a got a lot out of that, and also now too. Now that I'm away from Tika, um, we've only video called once, but it it helped a lot, and we're gonna do it again tomorrow. And if we go a while without that type of thing, just texting, it sucks. Just texting yeah. sucks. Not seeing the face and being able to gauge emotions. Yeah. While talking to the person, that's why I like texting kind of sucks. It's like, are you mad at me? No, why? You just said okay. Mm. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, what else do I'm gonna say? Okay. Dude, I was reading a thread on Reddit yesterday that was making me really examine my own uh, emotional reactions to texting. So the thread was about these days you can just give someone a thumbs up. You don't even have to reply. You that's can just thumbs so up their message. That's what the that's what the thread was. The thread was unpopular opinion uh, or no stupid questions. Does the thumbs up feel passive aggressive to anyone else? Right. And a certain percentage of the replies, maybe 50% or less, were like, yeah, I feel that too. And the other 50% were, I can't believe you think that. You're fucking crazy. Yeah. And then I started thinking about myself. I'm like, that is kind of crazy that I feel like it's a passive aggressive yeah. thing. I'm giving you a, hey, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then I started thinking about my like interactions with Tika, especially because this stuff always comes out more in in relationships, but like how I'll read too much into things or not enough into things. And that's just fascinating, isn't it? How our reactions to something as simple as a thumbs up can be emotional and hurt. I think that we feel that way about the thumbs up because there's also a heart option. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't love it, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's kind of what that is. I'm not thrilled, but yeah i guess that's what it's about um what what are the other options yeah you, there's a heart yeah. a haha a thumbs up and an emphasize for iphone users at least so it's like you didn't think it was funny you don't love it just sure and you're putting in the least possible effort because you you had all these options not even just the emojis but you could have also responded to the message and you chose to go with this so for some reason it feels passive aggressive it's like you're closing the door on the conversation. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. If I get a thumbs up, I'm not going to try to text you again. That's the end of the conversation. But what if you do want the conversation to end? Should you just not reply? Or is a thumbs up better? I have a hard time of like looking at a text and not wanting to answer right away because I don't feel like having the conversation and say, oh, I'll pick that up in a second. I'll yeah. pick that up later. Uh, and I never do. So I'll inadvertently just stop replying. Mm. 
maybe a thumbs up would be better there. Yeah, but what if they're feeling the same way we're feeling, where it's like that's a passive aggressive way, and then they know that I'm trying to close the door on the conversation? Jesus, yes. That that doesn't leave room for me to be like, oh shit, sorry, I was doing this when I see it in two days, and I'm like, oh fuck, my bad. I have a friend that'll react to a message and then reply to it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, sweetheart. <laughs> he's he's actively known as like one of the nicest guys ever. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. I think one of my big goals for the near future is to get rid of this neurosis mm. about this type of thing or or other basically just making small things in life into bigger things. I think that's this is a really good example of that because that that doesn't have to be anything right but no. but you could end up thinking about that for minutes or hours you could be a thought loop about what does this person think about me from something as simple as a thumbs up and I, I would like that completely gone from my life just to stop thinking like that yeah yeah i don't know how you get rid of it though i feel like it's something we're conditioned to to think when we see that well Yesterday I did that meditation retreat. Yep, yep. And I ended up thinking that maybe maybe meditation is the way out of stuff like that. I have not meditated in so long. Yeah. A really long time. And I probably should because, like I said, my anxiety has been up. And not to derail the conversation a little bit, but this morning I looked at my phone and I had a screen time. I kind of freaked out a little bit because I was like, damn, I have been super anxious because it was up 137%. But then I remembered I fell asleep with the streaming something on my phone and it stayed open all night long. Mm. So artificially inflated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumping up the numbers. Fake stats. Yeah. Well, meditation is something that I've always done and it's still been part of my daily routine this whole time, but I feel like I'll get complacent with it. And I think sometimes I can do my daily 20 minutes, but not really commit to it. And I end up just sitting there and thinking with my eyes closed for 20 minutes. Yeah, it's so hard because there are times where it's like, oh, free your mind of thought. And then they just punch you in the head with stuff you didn't, weren't even actively thinking about. But yeah. It's just emptiness. And then I'll end up forgetting I was meditating. Yeah. And it becomes something. Well, anyway, this app I've been using, and I mentioned it a couple times in this podcast. It's called Waking Up with Sam Harris. Leave that out. No free ads. Yep. <laughs> So it's a guided meditation thing. But anyway, they've been posting for a few weeks about this virtual retreat, November 5th, uh, called Pause. It's a half-day retreat event. And I didn't know what it was going into it, but I just saw it a few times when I opened the app. And I thought, I'm going to do that. It's a Saturday. I don't have anything to do. So it was 12 to 5 p.m. And yesterday I did it. And it was uh, it was basically a bunch of audio recordings, one after another, for about four and a half hours. And it ended up being three separate 30-minute meditations. Uh, pretty much everything was guided. Those are sitting. It was three separate walking meditations where you walk around, but you're still meditating. It was one where you looked in the mirror. That was interesting. That would make me very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. And then there was two teachings that were 50 minutes each. So it was... the whole, and the And this was... Uh, Sam Harris was explaining it before and after. The whole point of it is... It's a commitment to really practice for a day. And I've never done it for that long. That's a really long time. It's a Five long hours. time. Yeah. And it was tough. I wanted to quit so many times, but... um, Was it out of boredom or just like... 
yeah boredom and like i want to do anything else yeah like i would like to play fifa or check my phone or do anything else but i i made this commitment i'm just going to sit here and i'm going to follow these recordings but i can definitely say that i got deeper into it than i have in a long time because like i said i'll do these daily 20 minute things where i'm sitting there and i'm basically making the minimal effort to try to do meditation but this was a commitment and it's also four and a half hours. So uh, like anything else, I was in and out of it. Uh, there was like 30 minutes where I would really focus and try. And then 20 minutes where I was like kind of out of it, zoning out thinking. But the end result is that I I took a lot away from it. And uh, just about being more present and about, well, the, the reason it's a great segue from the other thing is that that's what that is. When, when somebody gives you a thumbs up and then you're thinking about how passive aggressive it is and then you go on these thought loops that's basically the opposite of being present to the moment because in this present moment, you know, you have your six senses or six senses. Yeah. <laughs> you have your senses and you're, you're receiving all the sensory input, but then you're thinking and that's not the present moment, right? That's a story you're telling yourself yeah. about this person, whatever. And it seems like being present to the moment is a, is an antidote to that. Yeah, it makes sense. And they, I think it was Sam Harris that said this or, someone might not have been sam harris but saying like when talking about meditation like don't get discouraged if like other thoughts start coming in because that's going to happen yeah. there's no way around it it's just kind of getting better at keeping them out along the way and that's what the practice comes in or getting better at recognizing them and then starting again yeah because you can't keep them out they're just going to come in and then you yeah you rem you remember and also i, I don't know if i cut you so cut you off there no, sorry no. i just remembered one of the biggest parts is integrating it into your normal life too right so the whole point is to be able to be present in your normal life and that's hard to do because you're you're doing your tasks you're thinking about the next thing you're moving from one thing to the other and you're always talking to yourself and yesterday after the the retreat ended i had way more instances than normal where i would remember i would say okay be present for a moment like i was in the shower i was in the car I was walking and I had a bunch of these moments where I was like, oh yeah, be present. Like just enjoy what you're doing right now. Yeah. This is an option because most of the time I don't even think of it as an option. I'm just thinking about something. Yeah. And, and they, they could be as pointless as the thumbs up or even more pointless. I couldn't even tell you some of the things I was thinking about yesterday. Oh yeah. Just ridiculously insane things that you wouldn't even normally even cross your mind. Not once. Yeah. You never give yourself time to think about those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I say some embarrassing things on this podcast, but some of the things I was thinking yesterday, I, I don't want to tell anybody that those things go on. No, <laughs> I think I became more aware after. Yeah. So doing this practice, sitting and being there with your thoughts and then trying to overcome your thoughts. I think you become more aware of what you're thinking about too. I think that's kind of obvious, but yeah, but yeah. So, so after the, after the retreat, I'm just going through my normal life and I'm getting these thought loops. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm thinking about that. You know, there's a lot of those moments. It was very beneficial is what I'm trying to say. Were you questioning yourself after some of the thoughts you were having? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. You don't want to share any of it? Mm -mm. <laughs> okay. No, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about the, uh, the looking in the mirror thing. Yeah. How long was that one? 10 minutes. I feel like I would just be insulting myself for 10 minutes. Yeah. You fat piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like I would not be, that would not be good for me. So Sam Harris, I think is, he's kind of ideal as a teacher in this app for a lot of reasons. And one is that he totally anticipates and addresses things like that. Cause that was my first thought too. He's like, okay, the next one I'm going to use the mirror. 
and he immediately says he's like this may bring up some unpleasant feelings and you know so he he already knows what you're thinking and he kind of goes he's getting ahead of it like just so you know yes that's gonna happen yeah and it's probably part of the practice though it is that's probably yeah yeah and I absolutely have those feelings too. Like a lot of times I avoid the mirror. Like if I'm, if I'm going to pass a mirror, I don't look in it. Or if I do look in the mirror, I glance. Like, I don't really like my reflection a lot of the time. I hate it. What I do when I walk by a mirror, it's like, even if I'm walking by windows, especially now that I'm chunky, mm. I'll walk by and try to convince myself I'm not as chunky, but I'll end up looking at it and saying, oh no, you're fat. <laughs> and you suck in as you pass. Yeah. And, but yeah. not, that, not that bad. And then you get like a bad reflection on like, your car and it's like oh my god because mm. just the way it's angled yeah that's what i tell myself because the way that it's angled that's why my stomach looks so sure. big the reflection of the car fucking angles man yep yeah actually the the mirror one ended up being pretty profound um because i think it's because of what we're talking about because i don't really look in the mirror ever like that and I definitely had that reaction like, oh, I don't like looking at myself. I feel ugly or whatever. But if you're doing it for 10 minutes, you can only think that way. You know, you're not going to think that way the whole time. You never know. Yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also it's a guided meditation, too. So he's kind of helping you of, of what you're thinking. Right. So he one of the things that was really interesting that took me out of that right away was he said, OK, look at your face and, and look at the different parts of your face. Like, look at your forehead, look at your cheeks, da, da, da. And he said, notice that you don't see your eyes moving. And this is true. I, I don't know if anyone's going to know what I'm talking about or you have to do this to find out. But if, if you look in the mirror and you, you move your eyes, you won't see your eyes moving. It has to do with some sort of uh, there's this effect where our, our, our brains can't take in all the information at once. You actually cannot see your eyes moving because of this effect. And it, that was cool. And then uh, there's this whole... A big part of meditation that Sam's always teaching is the the self. The self is an illusion. And he's talking about as you're looking in the mirror, you can only see one face. That's the one in the mirror. You can't see your own face. And that ends up being pretty trippy when you're like meditating on that idea. And, and the face in the mirror becomes almost like another person. That's the feeling I got after a couple minutes. I'm, I'm looking in the mirror and I, I, I think that's me. But then this whole other feeling starts to emerge when you're looking for yourself in your own thoughts and you're not there. And then this person is looking at you. It is very trippy. I was going to say, if it, it, it's like someone else is looking at you, that would make me even more uncomfortable. Like, why is this person staring at yeah. you? Like, <laughs> no, that's pretty heavy. I It sounds like something I would like to try, but maybe after I lose a couple more pounds, I'll try it. No, you'll get the most benefit if you do it now. You got to be really out of shape to really enjoy this one. <laughs> yeah. You got to really hate yourself. You'll... The more you hate yourself, the better. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the new tagline of the podcast. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It's a. I don't think I could do four and a half hours. At, there's no way. That's too long. You definitely could. I could. I. I don't know if I have the interest. Yeah. Like I. In theory, it's like, yeah, it seems like a great idea, but my attention span is so all over the place. Like, I I don't know if I could. Well, that's why I think it's so helpful that, and I'm sure that's how it was designed. And I think that's how other retreats are. I don't know. I've never been to an in-person retreat. An in-person retreat, I think, would be a lot. Like, I'm signed up. I'm here. I, I'm, I'm here. Uh, so it's harder to leave. At home, it's yeah. like, I have so many things to distract me. All you got to do to leave is just to 
turn your phone or yeah or just open a different app yeah yeah it's so much easier yeah what was i saying looking at yourself something else about someone someone else is looking at you mm-hmm. trippy Eh, it's gone that's okay all right but yeah anyway um we got onto it in the first place because I think it might be I, I obviously there's a reason I do it. I've been doing it for like 10 years and I've always thought it's a good habit, but I can still get complacent with these things. And yesterday I kind of saw a deeper part of it that I haven't seen in quite a while. And I want to kind of redouble my efforts because I, I do think there's a lot there with meditation. Yeah. Um, we were talking before the podcast, how like you'll say things like your diet and how you want to be healthier and then yeah. later forget. Yeah. Try not to do that with this. Yeah. And I'll try not to do that with my diet. Because this week's been bad. It's been okay. But I gave myself wiggle room and I wiggled. You wiggled? I, went, I got McDonald's. Yeah. I got Chick-fil-A the other day. Yeah. Not to derail off the meditation stuff, but uh, given that wiggle room. Like, I feel like you'll go on like kicks where you're super strict with meditation and then you'll kind of fall off of it for a little bit. Do you think after doing this retreat, it's something that will stick with you better? I think so. Yeah, and and there was a part where Sam Harris was describing what a me- what a retreat is, and he was saying when you go to a retreat or you attend a retreat, you kind of build a room, uh, a metaphorical room in your mind, so to speak, and you can always go back there. So, like, you had this experience. You committed, and then you always know that you committed that time, and you can always go back into that space. I don't know if that's true. I mean, it's only been less than 24 hours, but I did wake up today, and and I normally do my 20 minutes, but today I already said, okay, I'm going to do 20 minutes now, and then I'll do 20 minutes later. I want to do I want to do it twice a day now, and I don't know if that's going to last, but there is a, a lasting moment right now anyway where I'm still committed more yeah. at this moment. And when you were meditating this morning, were you able to get back to that place kind of of where that retreat that room you built during the retreat absolutely i was way more focused today than i have been uh in in years maybe i feel like that metaphorical room that you build there is something that'll that you're going to long for and want to get back to that place could be could keep you more interested to do it on a regular basis could be it's just something to look forward to. Like you got to that place. You really like it when you're in that place. Mm. I'm going to go back to that place. I enjoy it. I feel like it could help you out. I hope so. What about you? Do you think you'll get back into it or? Yeah, I should try. Um, Cause I think I've said it a few times, but my anxiety has been up recently ever since like before the trip. So much so that I was like, Oh, Hey, I actually got to get back into therapy back in therapy tomorrow. So we'll have more on that next well, month what's going on with your anxiety it's I, I have no idea well so last time we were talking about how it's travel well you had travel anxiety this anxiety is staying with you maybe it's like residual well, what do you focus on or when does it happen random times throughout the day for no reason i'll be like oh i'm gonna lose my job there's no reason why i'm gonna lose my job uh... the random irrational laying down oh something's gonna happen to ollie no, it's not. Mm. Why? And I always try to 
tell myself like why are you worrying about things that aren't happening it's like i'm making this stuff up in my head and it's might not ever happen you know the things i'm worrying about might not ever happen but i'm still building it up like it's going to happen same thing like on the plane building it up this plane's going to go down on the ship we're going to hit something i've watched titanic i, I know how the story goes she gets the board. I go under. And how long does that typically last? It comes in waves. It's not like a, I'm here for hours just stressing out. It's, um, I don't know, very random spurts. Like it could last five minutes. It could last a half hour. How does it end? I'll just distract myself with something. Mm-hmm. Video games, phone, TV doing something yeah because that is very it just reminds me of meditation so much because that's basically what's happening even when i'm trying to meditate i'll just be thinking about something and i guess the level of intensity and the level of discomfort would determine whether or not it's anxiety right yeah <clears throat> so normally you could, you could just be thinking about anything not necessarily anxiety but and then you, you realize oh i'm thinking and then you come out of it maybe it's the same thing with anxiety but you're also making me realize something else too and this is why I've been meditating for a long ass time. 10 years. And I'm still mentally ill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't view it as, you know, I, I see it as a very good tool, but it's it's not enough or it, it doesn't feel like the answer because I feel like it's it's fighting a losing battle almost. If if you've got this yeah. condition, like you've got anxiety, I've got whatever the fuck I've got. Yeah. Meditation can help to combat it but it's 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 like a, a bucket with a hole and you're pouring water in the bucket the water is the thoughts right and and you've got ang- anxious thoughts that are filled with fear and, and how does that work meditation is the the hole or not no I mean, not, meditation is the bucket with the hole it's stopping it it's not coming at you as fast or meditation is you're trying to you're trying to stop the, the hole you're trying to fix the hole with a piece of paper yeah every day yeah <laughs> and the water just keeps pouring through yeah that's the other thing like i've always been like oh i don't want to be on medicine or anything like that for anxiety but at the same time if i have to do all this other shit just to feel like a normal human is it worth it <laughs> yeah man that's the tough part because I, I i always go back and forth like man maybe i should get some anti like a very low dose of anti-anxiety medicine see how it works but at the same time it's like why don't I just try these other things out and see if it helps? But I feel like when you're trying all these other things out, you're just constantly doing that patchwork. Yeah. And is it sustainable? I'm not sure, man. I feel like there's a point. And I felt this way with both of my therapists so far, where they'll talk about, well, they'll ask about my coping strategies. And I think they're kind of hoping that you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. So they can say, oh, well, you should try dieting. You should try exercising. But when I talk to my therapist, I'll be like, yeah, I meditate 20 minutes a day. I always try to have a strict diet. I exercise five times a week. And they're like, oh, shit, you're doing everything already. Yeah. And you're still crazy. I don't know where to go from here. (laughs) Yeah, what else is there? Yeah. Like, my habits are better than theirs, probably. Yeah. And I'm still crazy. That's when they just take the script out and go, well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to be clear, we're not downplaying therapist suggestions obviously that's a very surface level try these things but um 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm sitting and stewing too much. I feel like I haven't been like as active. Like soccer's done. I go to the gym a couple times a week, but then like I'll come home and I'll just stew. Like yesterday, I didn't leave the house once. Mm. I just stayed home. Didn't do anything. So I'd go back and forth from watching a show, hanging out with Ollie, coming in the room, playing video games. And Michelle was out, so I was just home. Dicking around. Distracting yourself. Yeah, just doing little distractions throughout the day. That's why like, I ended up texting you. I was like, you want to go get food? I felt like a yeah. real piece of shit. Like, oh, I've been inside literally doing nothing all day. Mm. I was just trying to get out of the house. And that's actually kind of a step for me because usually I would just kind of not want to go out. I don't like doing things. Um, I don't know if I should bring that up to therapy. Why do I not like do like why am I just sitting at home? I don't want I'm choosing not to do things. Like I won't try making plans. And well, even I had to like convince myself yesterday, go do something. Like texting people, I would like take out my phone to text you and be like, and eh, now nah, maybe I'll just hang out. That's exactly what I do too. And I I crave not doing things. Yeah. Even I, I planned to do this podcast with you and we had this tentative idea. Maybe we're going to play soccer after. Maybe we won't. And I just already, even before I came here, I'm like, I'm looking forward to coming home and then not doing anything. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Are we supposed to like doing things? I don't know. I think maybe, maybe we're normal and we're just overthinking it. Do other people like doing things? I don't know. Call in 1-800. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If we can't just put out a poll on Instagram that says, do you like doing things? Yes, no. Hmm. Or maybe we could. We could. I'll put it up right now. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be a very Do you like doing things? <laughs> yes or no? People are going to be like, Chris is high. <laughs> I think we should still do it. Yeah. Maybe people will know what we're talking about. I'll put it out after the episode. Yeah. Tuesday I'll do it or something. Give people some time to listen. But, uh... Yeah, for some reason, don't like doing things. When I do them, I'm always glad I did them. Basically, exactly what I feel, man. It's like every time you go hang out with someone you don't hang out with a lot. Mm. Oh, dude, we should do this more. You never do it more. Yeah. Because that feeling of not wanting to do something is so strong, and it requires such a Herculean effort to overcome and do it. To do it again is... To do it once is a miracle. Yeah. To do it twice is impossible. Yeah, and... <laughs> A miracle is that two guys like us are coming up on a hundred episodes. Well, I think, and I was actually thinking about this, um, this exactly how you and I are able to see each other with regularity It's because we've made it into a commitment. Yeah. It's not just a friendship anymore. It's kind of like a, a business or something. Even yeah. We make no money. We lose money. Yeah. Mr. Right. Mrs. Always right. Yeah. <laughs> That's us. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that is, that is this, uh, this other factor where, yeah, it feels like a responsibility and and that's a good thing. Yeah. Because like you said, you you always you never want to do something but then you do it and you feel better. And that's how I feel right now having come here and doing this. Yeah. But if there was no commitment, I I probably would have canceled. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. It's 10 a.m. I don't want to. Maybe it's good that we pushed it to the absolute last day we can record every time. Mm -hmm. It's like we can't just say no anymore. This is do or die right now. Do we want an episode or not? Man, you should definitely ask your therapist why you don't want to do stuff. I'm going to ask mine too. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to try to go a little deeper with this therapist. And I'm going to tell her flat out, I need someone that's going to poke and pry. Mm. Because I'm not one to just give out information willingly. Yeah, dude. It sounded like with the last person, you were just 
small talking for your entire session that's a waste of time yeah it's the i mean she was good i mean we talked about some things but a lot of it was small talk really yeah it's total waste of time i wonder if she's listening you did a shit job where we are <laughs> no she didn't she did not she was a sweet lady man i asked my guy for homework really yeah yeah I've, i'm like pretty serious about it right now and yeah, i feel really? like yeah. <laughs> no I, my, my guy um he uses this model called internal family systems ifs and well i asked him straight away i'm like okay uh, i described my problems what what's your model what do you use because some therapists use like dbt cbt all these different uh therapies right so i use ifs i'd never heard of that uh in fact this is the only time i've ever heard of it from this guy but I just uh, went to the library a couple of days ago and I got like one of the books by the guy who invented IFS because I want to learn more about it. And that's where I am. Like sometimes. Sometimes I'm lazy and I, I don't do anything, but there's there's a big part of me that wants to figure this out and I want to do everything I can to figure it out. Yeah, it sounds like you're taking it extremely serious, probably more serious than you've taken a lot of things in your life. Yeah. And that's not like a insult or anything, but I mean, like you're going to the library to get books, learning about this, like. You're very motivated to do this right now. Yeah. It's on my mind a lot. Yeah. It took a while for us to get to the point where we actually, like, 31, 30, I was, that was the first time I went and saw a therapist. Like, obviously, I needed one way before that. You needed one before that. You were even apprehensive about going in the first place and mm. questioned your first guy. And now you're at a point where you're taking what they're saying seriously and doing your own independent research rather than just showing up and talking for an hour and then see you next week yeah it's a strange thing man where actually i think you were saying this last time and i didn't give it enough weight but uh there is something to it i, I think you were talking about how you worry that um it might have been in the context of getting a diagnosis you worry that by putting words to it and, and making it more of a thing you're actually making it stronger yeah, you, you feed into it. Right. And I think I, I mentioned this too, the first, like, probably months and months ago, when I first started going to therapy, I think I had mentioned, I thought I was maybe playing into the anxiety a little more, like, letting myself succumb to it a little easier now that I'm aware of it. Mm. I don't know, maybe I am doing something like that right now. Because like I said, it's on my mind a lot. And I'll, I'll kind of analyze stuff from my past, pretty often throughout the day, I'll just be like, huh, is did I do that because of this? Or is that something, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking for the answer right now. And I don't know if that's helping or making it worse. Mm, I, I feel like in the long run, it'll definitely help it. It might seem like it's making it worse while you're doing that discovery mm. because you're more involved with it. Our natural inclination is to push that kind of stuff away and not deal with it. Yeah. So I think it, naturally is going to feel like you're playing into it more but in the long run it'll definitely help and that's kind of the conclusion i came to with what i said last week where maybe i'm feeding into it too much or maybe i'm just understanding it better yeah yeah it, it, it loops back to what we're talking about with not wanting to do stuff right because any moment like that i will immediately recognize as a symptom of whatever's wrong with me be like Oh, so I got invited to do this thing. I don't want to do it. Oh, no, I don't want to do it because of this problem. And then I'll start thinking about how that might relate to my past experience or something, right? So it's like shining a brighter light on it. 
And that's why I'm saying, I don't know if it's good or bad. I think you're right. I think in the long run, it's probably good, but it might make the pain harder in the moment because maybe like a few years ago, I would have had the same, a similar moment. Somebody would invite me to something. I would say no. And then I would kind of be like, oh, I just didn't want to do it. Whereas now I'm looking for, I'm looking deeper into things and it might make it harder in the moment. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people say, like, if you have feelings, you need to process them. Like if you're grieving, you need to actually grieve and go through that process of doing it. Yeah. It sucks while you're doing it, but you move past it. Mm. You know, you say you're shining a bigger light when you lose something in the dark. What do you do to find it? Oh, wow. You shine a light. Mm, well done. You shine the light. You find it. Mm -hmm. Boom. Problem solved. So tomorrow you're turning that light back on. I'm turning the light back on to look. You're going to buy some new batteries. Buying some new batteries because I let I let the light die and then I didn't pick it back up until tomorrow when this is released. So I'll be in therapy when this is released. Oh wow. Yep, yep. And I'll say sorry, Doc. Hold on, I gotta share on uh Instagram. <laughs> mm. Cool. Well, that's good, man. Yeah. No, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm nervous though because. It's like like a first date, mm -hmm. you know. I don't know anything about this this lady. She doesn't know anything about me, and I gotta get acquainted and then spill my guts. And you're gonna go see her, right, in person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still haven't done that. Yeah, um, I struggle with meeting people in general. Mm. Like I got invited out last night with a friend, and he, I was like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. He's like, yeah, there's a couple other people coming. I was like, oh, I'm not in that circle. Yeah. Nope, can't make it. And they were all like, they all like work together and stuff. I'm just going to be sitting on the outside of those conversations, chiming in once in a while and just feeling very uncomfortable and wanting to crawl out of my own skin the whole time. That's come up a few times for me recently, too. One on one meetings are a lot easier for me than or a uh... group of people that you know. But if you're, it's like you and a group of people where you're familiar with a couple. I don't know. Yeah, let's say it's a spectrum. For, for me, easiest would be one-on-one -on -one with a person that I'm very comfortable with. A group of people that, I, that I'm that i comfortable with would be a little bit harder than the one-on-one. -on -one. And then, yeah, you add strangers in. That's, that's harder, obviously. Yeah. I, I feel like in a group setting, I feel a little more relieved just because the pressure isn't always on me to be entertaining. Mm, okay. Like, so, I feel like pressure is off. Someone else is there. I don't need to try to carry a conversation if, I, if I'm not into it or I'm not comfortable. I, I I feel like, all right, off my chest, good. So you and I are flip flop that way. Yeah, like I I'm much better at feeding off of people than I am feeding people. Mm, okay. Yeah. So that's me. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, new person, mm -hmm. and you got to shine that light. I got to shine the light, and I got to actually put the right things under the light. And hopefully she can help me direct the light. We're going to use this light metaphor and we're going to drive it right into the fucking ground. I think it's a strong one. It is. Yeah. It is. So, yeah, I, I'm i going to tell her up front. Like, I, I'm i saying that I'm going to tell her, but knowing me, I'll go in there and I won't mention it because I'm afraid. Mm. I don't know. Maybe write a note and I'll say this is from my friend. <laughs> Dear therapist lady, this is Chris's friend, Kyle. He has said these things. And he needs to work on them. You want me to do that for you? Sign it like you're a doctor. I can do that. No, no, no. That would be weird. I don't think she just thinks I'm just such a strange guy right off the rip. Well, I think there is 
some level of preparation where you should have an idea of what you want to touch on. Mm -hmm. But there is also you you want to let it unfold naturally. Yes. Right. You want to she's probably going to run the show a little bit. Yeah. Right? Which I which I like run the show. Yeah. Let me respond to some of the things you're saying and you can come up with your own analysis based off of that conversation and then we'll go from there. Yeah. But one of the things she's going to ask you, usually one of the first questions is like, what what brings you here? Why are you seeking this out? When I first went to therapy and I had been asked that question, I said, I don't know. <laughs> I swear to God. Did you she, really? Yeah, she laughed at me. Like she like kind of chuckled and was like, all right. I was like, I don't know. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm anxious all the time. Well, there you go. But I really said, I don't know. Yeah. But you followed up. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Not as much as I should have, which is why she probably didn't poke and pry as much. If you just said, I don't know, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I wasn't prepared. Yeah. Now I know. I'm glad you reminded me because now I need to rehearse my question my answer to that question yeah at least yeah remind yourself of what you're doing there yeah and i gotta think about that tonight what exactly do i want to get out of this yeah i would like to ask too like sometimes i'll think man i'm really lazy and then i'll kind of be like oh maybe it's depression maybe i'm depressed and i don't i don't really know about it because we talked about that a while ago like where you figure it out oh you were depressed in hindsight so I, I kind of want to get into that too. Am I just lazy or is this something else causing me to be lazy as far as the not wanting to do things that we brought up earlier? That's always my first thought. Yeah. Depression, like lo loss of interest in things and uh, wanting to isolate, wanting to do nothing. That that sounds like depression. I, don't, I think I just really enjoy having a small circle of people and I don't know. I mean, I always, whenever I hear someone say, oh, I got to go hang out with this person. I don't really want to. I always tell people, why? If you don't want to do it, don't do it. And I got to a point where I was just not doing things I didn't feel like I wanted to do. But now I'm at a point where I'm not really doing much of anything. There's such a fine line, dude. I don't know. It's it's a really tough question. You're right, because sometimes you just genuinely don't want to do something. But then other times... You don't want to because you've you've gotten out of practice of doing it. Yeah, I haven't practiced. And it becomes something that's filled with fear. Um, something that might be fun or pleasurable. You feel like you can't do it anymore or you feel like you're anxious about it or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's it's something different. Yeah, I lack practice with social skills, like even with. You know, me and Steve making plans to hang out and never actually hanging out. It's like, oh, well, I don't I just don't know how to socialize anymore. Hmm. I can only talk when it's behind a microphone and it doesn't get released for a day. <laughs> That's when I can have conversations. Yeah. Or with my wife. Man, well, I think that's something. That's something to look into. I'm going to look into it tomorrow. I got to take notes. I'll ask you and my wife. To write notes down for me and then i can bring it up i'll do it not like not like notes to like dear therapist lady yeah. but like notes like maybe maybe bring this up i have that i have a i have a google document where I, i'll jot things down like to speak about in the next therapy session yeah i think i need to start doing that because that happened a lot where i would note something in my head during the week and by the time i got to therapy i wouldn't even 
come up again. Yeah. So I should start writing notes in my phone. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, if something's important, because um, if you don't do that, so, uh, in my experience anyway, because my, my therapist right now, he's pretty good. But sometimes I get the feeling that he doesn't know what to talk about either. Mm. And then he'll just kind of rehash something else because there'll be like a silence and then he'll remember. He'll Oh, well, how about this? Yeah. And in my head, I already know whether there's something there or not. Do you know what I mean by that? What do you mean? Like something there? Okay. So let's say I'm talking about a past relationship, for example, just random example. Mm -hmm. If he brings that up and I have a, a feeling attached to it, something I want to talk about, I know it right away. There's a feeling he brings it up. Okay. I can talk about that. But sometimes he'll talk about like bringing up the same thing, maybe past relationship. I'll just be like, eh, we kind of already talked about that. I kind of don't feel like there's anything there right now. Yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is there's a danger sometimes in therapy, in my experience, of wasting time by covering ground that you've already covered or just talking about something that's not really productive. And, and if you have like a list of things that, that seem important to you, maybe you can avoid that. I don't know. That's my experience so far, because there's definitely been times when I feel like I'm making progress by talking about something, I'm getting something off my chest, I'm learning something. And then if I'm just rehashing something that I've, and yeah, there's nothing there anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like, I got to start treating it like it's job interview where, you know, I'm prepared. I know what questions I'm going to ask them. I'm prepared for questions they're going to ask me. That's going to make the interview go a lot better. Mm. I have a better chance of getting the job or shining the light. Mm. If I'm prepared for the conversation, I did no preparation for these conversations. Practice. Like you said, even with social skills, they're diminishing. If you don't practice. That's why I'm at the point I'm at now where I don't want to hang out with anybody. It is interesting, though. We both have made progress in a way, and it took a long time, it felt like. About 80 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just not even necessarily in, in our mental state. I don't know if we've gotten better or worse, but... I think better. I, I'm not willing to say that, but but we were talking about going to therapy for a long time, and then you did it first, and now we're both... Uh, on our second therapist yeah and that's that's happened all throughout this podcast it has it's it documented has. the whole thing and i do want to note you say you're not sure if you're better off now or not mm. but what did we talk about earlier shining the light and actually processing these things so hope fingers crossed it pays off fingers crossed i think that might be a good spot to end it Hopefully the audio doesn't suck. I think we've been going for like an hour. Okay. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week because I'll have a therapy session under the belt. You'll have another one. Yeah. Two therapy sessions under the belt and hopefully the audio doesn't suck. Thank you, everybody. Love you, Kyle. Love you too, Chris. Bye-bye. This is life being bound to love.